Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the one and only T-Quest. You're tuned into the T-Quest show. Relatable, informative, yet entertaining. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Like each and every time you hear me in my lovely voice and get a chance to interact with me as well as my special guests that I have on my show. You know, the T-Quest show is relatable, informative, yet entertaining. So I always have a special treat for you guys each and every show. But for my new listeners, make sure you follow me on all social media platforms at T-Quest GLM. Download the T-Quest mobile app in your Google Play Store and your App Store. Sign up for my mailing list on my website, GodLemmeWorld.com, and just know that I am here for you. So once you check me out, you will see your girl T-Quest is kind of a big deal. I do a lot of things, and I'm pretty sure there's something I can help you with. And speaking of helping you guys, I have someone here that can definitely help a lot of you all. Because if you see his accolades, today's guest, the list goes on forever and ever. We may have to do a part one, two, three, four, and five. But let's see what happens during this hour. This is someone I've respected for many years. In my head, I call him my mentor, right? And um, it's such an honor to have him on the show today. So without further ado, I'm just going to bring him in. Hey. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This is long overdue. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. We got to do it more often. Absolutely. But wait. Don't even say that because you know you don't always got that much time to do and think. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Word. I'm, exactly. I'm working on it for real. <laughs> I remember when you used to um call and I'm like, oh no, I gotta get the phone. I'm not like, I'm gonna get like, better. Obama. And I'm like, if I miss the call, yes. I don't know when the next one is coming. Because I, I'm, I'm gonna get better. I promise. I promise. I mean, we have witnesses, so we hear you talking. Okay. <laughs> what happens? But how are you doing today? Huh? How are you doing today? I've been fantastic. Life is good. I can't complain. I'm I'm good. I'm very good. Okay. Okay. So I just want to jump right into your stories. Uh-huh. Right? So for the ones who don't know, let them know who you are and where you're from. Uh Terry Moore, by the way, of Brooklyn, New York. Farahoe, Queens, living in the city of ATL. Mm. Been here since 1994. Okay. Over 30 years in the music industry, as you can tell behind me. But uh, over 30 years, and uh, it's, it's a blessing. Glad to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. From Brooklyn to the ATL. ATL is a place that they always say if you're trying to be in the music industry, that's one of the places that you have to go to. You have to be at because that's where everyone is. That's where the action's at. Do you still believe that's true? Oh, absolutely. You know, not only I believe that we're the the new Motown, but I believe that we're also the new Black Hollywood because, you know, there's a lot of things going on in Atlanta and uh, from you know, independent TV shows, independent artists, major shows. You know, Tyler Perry got one of the biggest studios down here, and he's killing it. And a, a lot of people don't realize, but Atlanta has over seven movie studios. Wow. Pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out, because the way people talk about Atlanta, you would think Atlanta was actually a state and not a city. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Right, yes, <laughs> yes. Who've yes. never yes. been there, they're probably picturing it as like some city in China 
millions right, of people right. everywhere, cameras yeah. everywhere, because every movie, reality show is filmed uh-huh. in it. <laughs> and it's like, well, when I went out there, I didn't see not one camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they, 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 they hide it very well, but I've noticed, I've learned how you find it. Mm-hmm. When you're driving, there's these little cards on the sidewalk, and it has maybe two or three letters, and it has an arrow, and that's to let crew members know indiscreetly where they're shooting at. Mm. So it'll be like you're just driving around the city. You might see on the side of the road, it'll be a yellow letter, yellow card with three or four letters on it, and then the arrow will be pointing down the street. Then when you go down the street, you'll see another set of cards with letters, and it'll be arrow going this way. Nobody else is aware of this. Except mm-hmm. the crew members that are looking for the set. Wow. So you just gonna tell everybody's secret just like that? Yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> let me tell you, I was driving about a month ago and I was like, oh my goodness, they must be doing a movie out here because I saw all the little cards all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I actually went to look for it, but I was like, nah, let me not let me not bother. Let me mm-hmm. let me figure what I gotta do. Horrible, horrible. No, but I definitely respect it. But for the ones who may not know, right? We got to start at the beginning of your accolades, right? Let's okay. talk, talk about little Terry, right? So I like to do this thing on a show back then, way back when. When I grow up, I want to be. What did you write in that school assignment? When I was growing up, I actually wanted to be a novelist. I wanted to write books, novels, you know. I wanted to be like the next Stephen King. I didn't want to do horror movies or horror books, but I wanted to be the the, the number one best-selling on the New York Times. And that's when I was in high school. I was literally writing, me and a friend of mine, Gregory Jones, we used to have these notebooks, and we were always writing stories, but... Uh-huh. What we did was we used to put our friends in the book as characters. Uh-huh. Yeah, and did that for all the way up until probably high school. Got into the music industry around uh, two years after high school when I started working for um, recording studios. And uh, started working at recording studios. I actually worked for free. Uh-huh. in the recording studio. Then I got a chance to work with uh, Yoko Ono and uh, Brenda K. Starr, who discovered Mariah Carey and a jazz legend by the name of Roy Ayers. Wow. Left, left the recording studio, went to work for Billboard magazine. Uh-huh. Worked for Billboard magazine for about a year, which was amazing, fantastic, because people like Morris Day and Stacey Lattisor would show up. And uh-huh. I worked alongside Nelson George, who was... Um, Chris Rock's business partner, and Craig Coleman, who is now running Atlantic Records, left Billboard to go to First Priority Music, and that's uh-huh. when the doors opened up for me, and I worked with everybody from MC Light to Queen Latifah. Wow. Shout wow. out to First Priority, too. <laughs> so, but my thing is, you know, sometimes it's all about being in the right place at the right time or just knowing the right people. And when a lot of people tell their stories like we hear it but it's the part of the story that people really want to hear like what was that one moment or that connection that started you on your way tv okay i was uh at a crossroad in my life i was probably about 1920 1920 years old i'm 55 and it was like uh pretty much sitting home like I just got fired from my first corporate job and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And then I was watching the American Music Awards uh-huh. and was performing. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, he looks like he's having a lot of fun and he's getting paid to do it. That's what I want to do. I want to do something that I can have a lot of fun doing, get paid to do it. I want to be in the music industry. And who was this? Watching them about 19, Lord, 1982, maybe. Okay. No, no, no. Well, when Prince came out with Purple Rain, uh-huh. that was 85. That was 85. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was 85. Okay. Yeah. So, who did you say that was on the TV? Huh? Who was on the TV? Prince was performing. 
Prince's performance. Yeah, and, and he was doing Let's Go Crazy on American Music Awards. And I was like, man, he looked like he's having a lot of fun. I need to do that. I want to be in the music industry. And that was it. That's how I got started. Okay, so that inspired you. But what was the first step towards that direction? First step literally was sitting down and calling a high recording studio in New York City, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens. Hey, I want to come and work. <laughs> literally, I was like, hey, I want to come and work for free. Click. Hey, I want to come and work for free. Click. Hey, I want to click. <laughs> Sometimes they wouldn't even let me get it out. Hey, I want to come click. And I called literally, literally about a hundred studios and one guy by the name of Raph, German guy, uh -huh. said, come down. Let's give you an interview. And on the spot, he hired me to work for free 12 in the afternoon to 12 at night, every Sunday. To do what? Because you just said you want to work on it for free, but... I was doing everything. Getting lunch for the artist, answering the phone, unlocking the studios, locking the studios after everybody went home. And But I got the opportunity to go listen in on some, some great sessions. I mean, Yoko Ono comes in and she does a session. Mm -hmm. And that was, to me, like amazing because, you know, that's, that's the legendary wife of John Lennon from the Beatles. Wow. You know, and uh, Brenda K. Starr, who discovered Mariah Carey and, you know, hanging out in the studio. So it was it was a great introduction to the music industry and learning the process of how they do a, a, a song. OK, OK. So I have to ask, because a while ago I was um, interviewing someone who used to work for record labels with like Diddy and um, Andre and Mona Scott with Love and Hip Hop, right? And he mm -hmm. started as an intern. And I'm like, how many of those stereotypes are actually true that they just be like barking at you, you know? <laughs> like mm -hmm. they make your life live in hell. Is it really like that as a like a true intern or that's just too much hype? I mean, you know, I, I didn't have that problem. I was very blessed where when I worked at the recording studio, uh, they were fantastic. The owner, uh, it was Evergreen Recording Studio and they were great. Uh, but now I do know, I know Puffy and I knew Puffy when he was working for Uptown. Yeah. And he was an intern for Uptown. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't really know Andre's work, Andre Harrell's work ethic, but you know, when you're working for labels and stuff, they don't play. Uh -uh. And, uh, yeah, so I can only imagine when he was working at Uptown, you know, cause I, I, re I remember hearing a story about with Puffy, like, when they started working with Jodeci, Andre Havel wanted to dress them up looking like boys to men, like the suit on and stuff. Mm -hmm. But Puffy was like, no, nah, let's do a little something different. Let's have them with the Timberlands and the sagging jeans. And Andre Havel like cursed them out. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. So that wasn't, that wasn't uncommon to get cursed out working in the, in the industry. But it was all love because, you know, the person was just like, you know, making you grow to the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is awesome. So, you know how when certain people are blessed to be in a certain position, they either just stay professional and honored to be there. But then some people have that moment when they're like starstruck. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have that moment? <laughs> yeah, I actually did. I think uh, meeting Janet Jackson twice. Oh, <laughs> um, that was a starstruck moment, but I kept it kept it cool. And uh, I'm trying to think of who else uh, that I was sort of starstruck by uh, meeting everybody. I didn't actually meet Prince. I met Sheila E. and Morris Day. But, I, you know, back in the days, I, and I still am a huge Prince fan. So anybody that came out of his his camp, you know, I was like a huge fan. I did see Prince perform a couple of times. Uh -huh. And uh, but to be able to, to to personally meet Sheila E and Morris Day and Jesse Johnson from that crew, uh, that was an honor. That was like yeah, that's and a lot of a lot of those people I met actually before I got into the industry. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now yeah. of course you know um, music has been around for quite some time, but you were in the industry in my mind called the special time when hip hop was really growing and MC Light was out there and you was like right there with her. Tell me about that experience. Uh, it was amazing because I always tell people that I was on the second wave of hip hop. 
the first wave of hip hop were Houdini, Grandmaster Flash, uh, The Furious Five. That was sort of the introduction of hip hop. Yeah. Uh, I was blessed to come in on the second wave, which was MC Light, Jazzy Jeff, and Fresh Prince, Queen Latifah, Moni Love. And it was just amazing just to be on the road with all these artists. But you know, it wasn't, it was kind of different because. When you're on the road with Latifa, and I don't, it's weird calling her Latifa because I know it's La. But you, oh, know, you don't call her Dana? Huh? You don't call her Dana? No, you know, we don't even call her Dana. It's like, yo, what's up, La? La, what's up, like that? So you call everybody calls her La. But, uh-huh. you know, uh, she's like a sister. And so it wasn't like when you were on the road, it was like, and you're doing these shows, it was sort of like, while I'm watching my my younger sister doing her thing on stage, it was a, it was a look of admiration when you're on the road and you're seeing them perform on stage. Like, wow, that's my younger brother, you know, that's my younger sister. Everybody's doing their thing, so yeah. And it was great. We had we had a lot of great times. It was sometimes it was a little wild on the road. Oh, you to share or definitely a little wild, but yeah. Okay. Okay. So what was your exact position while being on a role with these artists? Uh, I was actually a publicist. So I was a publicist for First Priority Music, which was an independent record label out of Brooklyn. We were distributed by Atlantic. And that was the label that MC Light was on and Milk and Giz from Audio 2 was on it. Positive K, Mishy Me, MC Peaches, The Alliance, Kings of Swings, Lazy Lay and Boss Show. I got to make sure I shout everybody out. I don't want nobody getting mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> that is horrible. I always said that um, when I win an award, that um, I'm going to make sure my list is very short so no one can say I forgot about them. I'm like, right. shout out to the fans. Shout out to the people who voted. Shout out to my team. Shout out to my family. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because somebody can be like, yo, I didn't get a shout out. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Absolutely. My grandmother did that when I did an article and she was like, yeah, I read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said something nice to your family, you know, not me in particular, but I'm just like, really? Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. But yeah. It's, it's team too much, but um, that is super incredible. So I have to ask you when it comes to, working in that industry and everything being so fast paced, were there moments you'd be like, you know what, this is a little team too much? No, nah, because you know, I never thought of it at work. We were just having so much fun. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I'm a kid from Brooklyn. A lot of people on your channel don't know, but I'm actually disabled. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people told me because of my disability with cerebral palsy that, you know, oh, you're not going to be able to do this. Uh-huh. And so, you know, here I am riding around in limousines and, you know, went to the NBA All-Star Game in 92 and I'm in California at the best hotels. And, you know, it. I was just, we were just loving it. We were just, first of all, we couldn't even get get past that you were paying us to do this. Like, wow, wait a minute, you're going to get a, put us on a tour bus? Uh-huh. We're going to travel all over the country and we're going to get paid for this? Oh, <laughs> dude, I'm in. So, yeah, we it, it, it never got too much. It was just... It, yeah, it wasn't a nine to five. I go to work sometimes at at the label. I walk in the office eleven a.m. after mm-hmm. sleeping all day, but I didn't leave until one or two o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. like okay. that. So yeah, it was definitely different. You think it's still like that, where people are enjoying so much of the culture and the industry and the business that it still feels like fun and not really work, or you think because the times has changed, it's a little different? Oh, I definitely think times has changed because back then, you know, first of all, we we wasn't getting paid anywhere what the artists are getting paid now. Mm-hmm. And today, artists have so much pressure on them because there's so much of a dollar sign attached to it. Mm-hmm. There's so many artists right now are like their, you know, the endorsements and the concert tours and they really just got a lot. So to them, I think to them, I mean, I believe some of them are having fun, but I think the majority of them, this is a job now. This is really a job. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's overwhelming for a lot. I mean, you you think about it now, when you think about today's artists, there's a lot of artists that are struggling with depression. 
there's a lot of artists that are, you know, they're going to rehab and we didn't have that back in the shoot, back in my days, you never heard of an artist disappearing like, oh my goodness, what happened to so and so? Oh, um, what did I mean, we was just having so much fun with it. Yeah. The way it's supposed to be. Right. This is like, don't be so sucked into likes and followers and clicks and streams that you forget that you do music for a reason. Either it's something that you love, your therapy, or whatever. And nowadays, it's so much just about who's watching and who's judging that. Like, what happened to the love? What happened to the passion? Right. Right. You know? And it, it is right. a lot. Cause I tell people. I'm like, it's interesting how people always want to emulate the people they see on TV screens and this, that, and the third. But if you notice, those are the ones, like you said, are more depressed than your average. You know, those yeah. are the ones you see in select a few take their lives. It's like Robin Williams and Brittany Murphy and all them, all this crazy stuff. I'm like, well, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors because oh, yeah. know, this seems like a great industry. It's a lot that we deal with that a lot of people don't know. They don't. They really don't have a clue. There's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes mm -hmm. that as a manager, as a manager for an artist, a good manager, the main artist never knows really the majority of stuff that that good manager blocks for them. Mm -hmm. You know, that good manager is the roadblock for a lot of stuff that I'll, for example, and I don't know this to be true, but, you know, let's say Cardi B's manager, let's say he's a good manager. Mm -hmm. And she probably has no idea all the the stuff that he had to put a roadblock up like that, you know. And I'm just using her as, as a hypothetical example, but yeah, I mean, a good manager is gonna stop it where, you know, the 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 artist never knows. Like, wow, they tried that. Wow, they would they tried to negotiate that. Mm -hmm. They tried to stick me out of my money because that good manager worked that deal. But it seems like the artists today are dealing with more of the business. And they're dealing with all of the BS. Yeah. Even if they're signed to a label, you still have to act like an independent artist regardless, you know, because yeah. it's showing you guys that it is a lot of work. It ain't fun and games. So you definitely have to pay attention to what's going on. And not just with like managers, but with publicists, PR, mm -hmm. a lot of stuff people do behind the scenes, promoters. You know, yeah. a lot to it. Just like sometimes when I used to throw events, and if you're still there in the beginning, they notice that I'm like calm. They're like, "You're alright." I'm like, mm -hmm, "I'm fine." You right. sure? I'm like, "Yes, I'm fine." And I'm just right. letting you know, like, no, just let me do my job, <laughs> and just let me make sure everything's good when it comes to the bar, when it comes to the owner, the bouncers, the DJs, the acts, like the music. I have to can can handle all of this. Okay, right. so I understand mm -hmm. that I'm always so happy go lucky. But it's like grind time, business mode. Doors right. are supposed to open. I got to make sure everything is straight. And I'm only one person. Right. So I'm good, you know, because I have to make sure all this is great for you to be great. Right. And a Absolutely. lot of people, don't, they think it's so easy because of the way you're like, oh, you must love what you do. I'm like, yeah, I love what I do. But if you only understand what I had to do to it's get here. <laughs> it's definitely a business. Definitely a business now. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. a business. So um, what are some things, want to be a little serious before we jump into some fun stuff. What are some of those moments that um, that you experienced that wasn't so happy-go-lucky that someone is probably going through right now? Like, dang, he went through that? I'm going through that right now. Okay, so let me see if I get this right. As far as an artist is concerned, no, just you in general being in this business for 30 plus years. Uh, I'll tell you one of the things that I think that is uh, just over the last three decades of being in the industry going on four decades now is that uh, what I noticed and what I see for a lot of artists is that they're not treating this as a business. Um. One, and, and, and what's happening is that because they're not treating it as a business, a lot of them are getting ran over where they could be so much higher than what they are. Uh, but the thing about it is they're basically like I've had artists say to me, I just want to make music. I, I really don't want to hear about the business, <laughs> but it's a business and you got to learn the business. And 
you know, unless you wanted to be a hobby. If you wanted to be a hobby, and listen, I I I play the keyboards. Yeah. Okay. I I'm not trying to be the next prince. I play strictly for my enjoyment. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not trying to get a gig at the next, you know, at the Apollo Theater. So, but it's just a hobby. But now, if I had planned to say I want to join a band, and I really want to be a key, the next hot keyboard player, uh -huh. um, I need to study the business. Like, for example, if I go to an artist that is a, I'll give you a perfect example. If I go to an artist who claims that they are artists, and they say, hey, I'm in the industry, uh -huh. and I'll say to them, great, who is James Lasseter? Well, I don't know who James Lasseter is. If I say to them, who is, everybody knows Andre Harrell, but who is Craig Coleman? Who is Greg Philogames? Uh -huh. uh, these are names, if you're in the industry, you should know. Because James Lasseter is Will Smith's business partner. Uh -huh. Greg Philogames is one of the baddest keyboard players around, and he has played on everybody's, from Michael Jackson to Patti LaBelle. Uh, yeah. Craig Coleman is running Atlantic Records right now. So uh -huh. what I find that pains me is that a lot of artists who get into the industry really don't study their craft. Because you could be an artist sitting next to Sylvia Rohn, who is one of the most powerful black women in the music industry, mm -hmm. sitting next to her at Starbucks. And because you don't study the craft, you don't realize that you're sitting next to one of the most powerful. Sylvia Rohn was the first black woman to ever own a major record label through Atlantic Records. Okay. Uh, people know, should know who Scooter Braun is. Okay, that, that, that's the thing that pains me, and I think because artists that don't study, and when I say artists, I mean songwriters, producers, anybody in the entertainment side, because they don't study their craft, they make life very, very difficult for them. Absolutely. Oh, man, let the all keyboard players. Absolutely, for real. <laughs> so here's my question for you, right? And I'm glad you're on here. I understand that we're supposed to pay homage to people who came before us, correct? I understand that when you're going to be doing music, you got to realize it's a music business. So you have to know the business side. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to knowing everyone who came before you, is it really a bad thing that you don't remember everyone that came before you? Because now time is going like 2000 was 20 years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. So are you saying that new artists today should know music from the 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010, 2020, everyone in position who work with her, who's manager? Is it really a bad thing that they don't know everyone in their positions or who they work with? Because after a while, in all due respect, it's going to be a lot to keep up with on top of knowing your craft, learning your craft, everything that's going on in today's society, plus life itself, it's a lot. Does that make sense? It does, but but the thing about it is you, you should know the majority. You can't, you know, of course you can't know each and every, every person in the industry, but if, I'll give you a good example. Okay. Um, if I'm at an event, mm -hmm. and I tell this story often, you know, I do a lot of music business consulting. If you're an artist at an event, and you know Will Smith is going to be there, one of the things that you'll do is you'll try to get to this event because you know Will Smith is hosting it or he's speaking at this event. And you're, you're sitting in the audience and you're 300 other people. And when Will Smith finishes, He's going to get up from the stage, and of course, everybody's going to get up and rush to the stage because they want to take pictures. They want to shake his hand. Hey, I got a, you got a demo. Hey, I'm an artist. Can you do this now? Why you got 300 people that are in the corner trying to get Will Smith's attention? You, as an artist, should be looking to the right, where you see this one guy standing in the corner, and you say, "That's James Lasseter." Mm -hmm. 
the guy that started Overbrook Entertainment with Will Smith, the guy that went to school with Will Smith. That's James. Black. That's JL. That's what we call him in the industry. That's JL. Mm-hmm. You go up to JL. And you say to JL, you and I have a mutual friend. You don't say, hey, I'm an artist. Hey, I'm, I'm coming out. I'm, I, I've got this. Check out my music. You don't even do all of that. You just simply say, you and I have a mutual friend. And because you've been studying your craft and because you've been networking with other people in the industry that's on that level, when you say to JL, who are, he's going to say, well, who's our mutual friend? And you're going to say, Terry Moore from First Priority Music. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, Terry Moore. Yeah, I know that. A totally different conversation. Totally different conversation because now you're networking with him. Mm-hmm. While everybody's in the corner trying to get Will Smith attention, you got his business partner's undivided attention. You're not pushing your music. You're not trying to sell him. You're basically... Hey, I'm working with, you know, uh, Terry Moore. We're doing some things. And at some point he's going to say, tell Terry, I said, what's up? Oh, yeah, I talked to him yesterday. He now looks at you at this level now. Uh-huh. And you start saying, yeah, you know, I was hanging out with Craig Coleman about a week ago when I went up to New York. He's going to be like, oh, yeah, I know Craig. And you're like, oh, yeah, when I went to California, I was hanging out with Shaquem, Queen Latifah's manager. Uh-huh. Yeah, me and Shaquem, and he'll say me and Shaquem had lunch. Still, it's a different conversation. Yeah. You're just saying to him, because if he says to you, well, do you know, uh, if you say to him, yeah, you know, I want to do some work with Latifah, and he said, great, do you know Shaquem? You're like, uh, Shaquem, no, who's Shaquem? His, in his mind, he's going to be thinking, you're in the industry, but you don't know Latifah's manager. Uh-huh like that so yeah that's why okay i still in all the respect think it was uh-huh. so hard to know everybody's manager <laughs> yeah uh-huh. i mean you have to do your research of course right you should know certain names and certain heavy hitters for sure mm-hmm. you know but all i'm saying is <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. hey hey look uh, you know uh, I don't have it around me, but you know, one of one of my one of my industries that I'm in is Legal Shield, right? Mm-hmm. I am constantly, constantly because I deal with a lot of artists, but I am constantly reading books about my industry. I know yeah. the key players in the industry. If I if I'm if I'm walking down the the, the street, I know that Spencer Iverson, I know that's Darnell Self, that's Mike Hume. Because these are the power players in that industry. Those are the multimillionaires. So if I say that I'm in this industry of, let's say, let's say that I'm in the industry of making beverages. I'm, I'm, I'm in the the, the beverage industry. I should know everything about Coca-Cola and Pepsi. Uh huh. Everything. <laughs> yes. No, no, I totally get it. Because even sometimes, you know, you know me, my schedule can get a little thick. <laughs> I know, I know, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Researching, researching what? Are you in college? I'm like, I didn't realize you had to be in college to research. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. And life is always yeah. changing and evolving, and you have to try your best to keep up because nowadays everything is at a more fast pace. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. One one of the things I definitely suggest to uh, all that's listening: subscribe to the Billboard. Ma- subscribe to an industry magazine like Billboard. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna get the key players. Yeah, subscribe to yeah, definitely subscribe to Billboard or one of the industry magazines where they're always spotlighting an executive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know all the key players like yourself, correct? Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate okay. It. So I I appreciate you coming on here to talk about the business and dropping knowledge and jewels. But I really want to focus on you, okay? okay? 
Now, you said when you were growing up, you wanted to be an author, and it came true. So let's talk to the people about your books. Well, you know, actually, when I was growing up, I wanted to be, like I say, the next big uh, novelist, but I did write a book. I actually only wrote one book uh, mm -hmm. called Fearless Dreams, and the book was basic on, based on my experience in the music industry. So uh, can I tell you a chapter from one of the books? Of course you can. All right, so I'm going to tell you the story. So I was working for a record label in Atlanta, but I was also doing freelance writing for a magazine. Uh -huh. And there was a young lady that was an up-and-coming artist that I wanted to interview for the magazine. So I called a friend of mine that worked at the label and said, hey, I want to interview your artist. And she said, well, you know what? She'll be in Atlanta. Uh -huh. And she'll be performing. So great. Let me give you the, the number to the hotel. Her mom is going to pick up and just tell her mom that, you, that you're going to interview her. So sure enough, I sat down that night getting ready for the interview, put my pen and paper. I had a bunch of notes that I was going to ask this young artist. And when I called, her mom did pick up the phone, and I said, hey, I'm here to interview so-and-so, and she said, okay. And she got the young lady got on the phone, and we had such a great conversation that in the middle of me taking notes, I literally stopped writing. We were laughing and joking like old friends. And this went on for maybe about a little more than an hour. Uh -huh. And uh, before she hung up, she said, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I said, oh, I'm not doing anything. She said, why don't you come to the show and hang out with me? Did I have I told you this story before? Uh-uh. Okay, cool. All right. So she said, why don't you come hang out with me? And I said, that'll be great. She said, yep, we'll hang out backstage and everything. So I hung up, but about 30 minutes before I was supposed to leave to go meet up with her, I got lazy. And I was like, you know what? I don't really feel like going, and then I'm going to be out so late. I'm just going to go home. I'll see her another time. Uh-huh. Well, the another time never came. Uh-oh. Because a young lady was Aaliyah. What? Yeah. OMG. Yeah. Wow. Well, for for now that's that's the chapter in my book. Uh -huh. Um, but for a long time, I'll tell you how you have to sort of look at things different. For a long time, I couldn't I couldn't watch an Aaliyah video or listen to an Aaliyah song. Mm. Talk so well on the phone. It was just an amazing connection. Not uh -huh. nothing romantic, just on a friendship basis. And uh, for a long time, like her song would come on and I would just change the, the station. Or her video would come on, I would change it. Uh, but I recently started thinking about maybe a year or two ago that what if I would have went to the show and hung out with her? Uh -huh. What if we would have really became really good friends? Yeah. What if she would have said to me, hey, I'm doing a video in the Virgin Islands. Why don't you come hang out with me? Mm. What if I would have went to the Virgin Island to hang out with her uh -huh. and been one of, one of the people on the plane? You know what? We can think things like that, but it's kind of like a domino effect. It is. If you it were is. in her life and actually hanging out with her, everything would have never went that way during that time. Absolutely. Every day going forward would have been different. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, you, it, for a long time, like I say, I was thinking, like, man, I should have went. Man, I should have went. Like, I'll, I'll give you a, another quick one if I can. Can I? Of course you can. It's all okay, about cool. how yeah, you think. Uh, so, um, I would went light one one year. Uh, she was doing. Uh, her and her group was doing a show at Showtime at the Apollo. This is all from my book, which I got to really rewrite and put it back out there. I love how you call her Light. For the ones who don't know, for the ones who don't know, his friend Light is MC Light. Because you're just so MC used to Light. calling him like Light. You got to be yeah, clear for the listeners. Yeah, Light. Uh, <laughs> so um, we, we were doing a taping of Showtime at the Apollo. Uh -huh. And when you're at the Apollo doing the TV show, Showtime at the Apollo, they have a big basement that yeah. they quote, they call it the, the green room. And it's literally like you're down there with all the other groups that are performing. Mm -hmm. And one of the groups that were in town, um, one of the guys was really getting, he was actually launching his movie career. So all of us are like, all it's like four or five different groups hanging out in this gigantic green room. 
Uh-huh. And Showtime and Apollo told us, hey, you guys can take the next two or three hours off uh-huh. before we actually start taping, because we had just finished rehearsing. So yeah. come back in about three hours, and we're going to start the actual taping. So we were like, hey, you know what? We should go to the movies. Meet DJ K-Rock, MC Light DJ K-Rock, uh, her other DJ Master T, and one of the bodyguards. Hey, let's go to the movies. We asked this gentleman, hey, we're going to the movies. Do you want to come hang out with us? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to come. But he didn't show up, which was cool. But when we got back to the Apollo, after watching this movie, I knew that he was going to be a superstar. And I remember when we got back to the Apollo, I was just telling this dude, like, yo, that movie that you was in, oh, my goodness, man, you about to, you about to. He was so careful. He just knew that he was on the verge. He just knew that this movie was going to do it for him. And it uh-huh. was Tupac. Wait, who was the actor? Tupac. Tupac. Oh my God, you just know everybody. He came in town. Yeah, he came into town to do Digital Underground, but he knew wow. from Juice because was- the buzz was. I mean, when we walked out, because we went to see the movie in Times Square. Yeah. And when we walked out the theater, we were blown away. We was like, Bishop is crazy. Wow. But we walked back to, we went back to the Apollo and uh-huh. he just knew. Yeah. He was like, he was like on a level that night of, oh, they, they just, they're just finding out about me. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, he's like, yeah, they, they, he, he was like, they're just finding out what I knew all the time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yo, make sure everyone who's listening go purchase the book. <laughs> I gotta rewrite the book. Line. It's not out, but I'm gonna. I need to find some time to put it on Amazon. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. I definitely do. do. I definitely do. You know, one of the beautiful things I love about you is the fact that even though you've been in this industry for a long time, you've met so many different people and experienced so much. You still remain so loving and so humble, no matter what, and that speaks values. Thank you, I appreciate that. Hey, the bat, the the God can give it to you quick, and He can take it away quick. So I stay stay humble. I stay humble. I remember where I was when I first tried to get into this business. So Mm -hmm. I remember. So I stay humble. Yeah, I bet. So, Mister. I want to tap into this before we get into some fun things later. Let's talk about your business. Okay. The first one I want to talk about is the music consulting business, and then I want to get into the legal shield. Okay, cool. So as a music business consultant, what I do is primarily help artists by guiding their careers. Mm -hmm. I tell them a lot about marketing. I tell them a lot about publicity, management. Uh, sort of as a consultant, they'll call me up and say, hey, I'm getting ready to go into a meeting. What should I look for? What you should expect from the meeting. Um, I work with a lot of young ladies that are artists, and I try to keep them safe. Uh-huh. I'm about to go to this guy's house for a meeting, and I'm like, uh, nope. Somebody just said Big Mike. Who knows about Big Mike? Oh, what's up, Big Mike? I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you why I said that. Let me tell you real quick the story. Okay. Milk, has a, Milk from Audio Two had a bodyguard name had a bodyguard named Big Mike, okay. so that's what made me think about that. So anyway, let me go back to so as a consultant, what I do is pretty much try to look out and protect artists' careers and make sure they don't get the shim sham. Mm-hmm. On the legal shield side, it works two different ways. Um, majority of artists fail, and when I say artists again, I'm meaning anybody in the entertainment industry, DJs, yeah. producers. The majority of them fail because they sign bad contracts. The big prints give it, the bold print, no, what is it? the bold prints give it, the small prints take it away. Mm-hmm. And there are literally thousands of artists signing away their music careers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that Jackson 5 doesn't own the name Jackson 5. Mm-hmm. Motown owns it. Because that's when they went over to CBS, record from Motown, they couldn't even call themselves the Jackson 5. They had to call themselves the Jacksons. Uh-huh. And a lot of people don't know the Sugar Hill Gang don't own their name. Uh-huh. You know the song Shannon, Let the Music Play? Yeah. 
She's never been pay, paid for that song. What? As long as it's been playing on the radio, she has never been paid for that song. Oh. So with Legal Shield, when I talk to most artists, hey, do you have an attorney? Majority of us say, no, I can't afford one. So let's get you on a legal plan for $35 a month so you're going to have access to not one lawyer, but a law firm. Uh -huh. And the law firm is not just in one state, but every state in the United States, you have access to a law firm. So if you got an issue and going on in California, but your artist in New York, uh -huh. you can contact the law firm in California to represent you. And there's a lot of things that we do from looking at your contracts to talking to you about trademark copyright. But one of the biggest features is you're leaving a studio at two o'clock in the morning, you get pulled over and you can contact your attorney at two o'clock in the morning. Hey, I just got pulled over by the police. So when I present this to a lot of people in the entertainment industry, a lot of them will say, hey, I need to tell my other artist friends about this. I need to tell other people about this in the entertainment industry. And then they wind up joining the business with me and they, they earn a compensation for it. Mm -hmm. Very good conversation. We had a young lady, I'll tell you this real quick, a young lady from New York who was homeless about a year ago and singing on the trains for money, song sing, singer songwriter, and she wind up joining Legal Shield uh -huh. and offered it to all her artist friends, people in the entertainment industry, and last week she had 50,000 doing this business. So uh, Artists need the service, but they also need the business opportunity to make extra money. And that's what I do. Wow. So that's what, I do. That's, what that's what you do. That's one of the things that you do. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I'm streamlining it. I'm stream, I've cut a lot of things out, but I'm streamlining it. I see. I see. So gotcha. if we can do maybe a quick rundown of all the things that you do okay cool you know what it's not as much as people think so i only have four major businesses the first major business is uh, i'm a public speaker so i talk about my disability with cerebral palsy and i talk about the music industry that's been shut down because of COVID. uh the other thing is that i work a lot with uh first priority music when you get a chance add first priority music on ig one of the coolest record labels out there they got a clothing line, so we do a lot of projects together. And then the other two things is music business coaching and Legal Shield, our independent associate, getting artists protected so they're not signing bad contracts. I only do four things right now. I've cut out a lot of stuff. Yeah, I noticed. I'm just like, I've known you. a lot of stuff. Well, I've like, got, I got to stay focused. Yeah. A jack, a jack of all trades winds up doing nothing. Well, yeah. I wouldn't consider it. <laughs> I <nothing>. only four, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still think it's incredible um, because that's what I was telling people. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, organizing. What do you mean? I'm like, because you guys praise me for having so many hats, but you know, wearing too many hats, eventually it's going to tilt and fall. So I got to make sure they're up there properly. And I'm always trying to consolidate. So it makes sense. I'm enjoying what I'm doing and okay. um, being successful at what I'm doing because there's no point in wearing so many hats if you're going to wear yourself thin. Absolutely. You know, and I want to make sure like I'm still loving it. I guess it's a business, yeah. but like even as a personality, you know, even though some people hit me up on the entry, I'm like, yeah, I get it. But sometimes I like to hand select my guest because I know it's going to be an incredible experience. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like with Absolutely. you, I'm just like, I've been on the waiting list for 15 years to get you on the show. <laughs> and I'm just like, come on. But the one thing I do love is that throughout the years, you always be like, hey, I'm just checking in. Yeah, I got doing? you. How you feeling? I Can got you. Know? Yeah, I got to check in. You know? And I'm yes, just like, you know what? I value right. that stuff. We need we, we need people to do more of that. But yeah, definitely. Uh -huh. I gotta check on you just to make sure you're good. Absolutely. And especially someone Absolutely. you who is quite busy, it really do speak value, you know. Okay. So I just want to say I appreciate you. Thank I know I said before, but I'll say it laugh. You know, so let's get into some fun stuff, right? All right, I'm with it. What's up? What's up? All right, it is time to clock out, and it is the weekend. You can go anywhere for three days, no business involved. 
where would you go? Okay, so I, I so I can go anywhere I want to. Money's anywhere. not an object. Anywhere, anything. Paris. I'm going to Paris. You going to Paris? Going okay. to Paris. Right. Okay. Now you're right. in Paris. Yeah, I'm. I'm teaching myself French, so I need to. I need to get into the culture. Okay. So I stay out I there for a couple. Of days. I only stay for three days. Three days. So yeah. yeah. So I'll stay for three days. Okay. Have you been to Paris before? Never been. Oh, so that, okay. yeah, that that's was my list. first trip out of the country. <laughs> Paris. I remember we had a stop in Germany, and then I went to Paris when I was like, I believe, 14. Oh, 15. yeah, that's my second. Germany is second for me. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, yeah. oh, thank you. I was just like, when it comes to Paris, I'm like, I need to go pretty much every trip I've ever been on, I have to do it again as an adult. Because back then, you know, a little weird, quiet, nerdish, not really, you know, as cool as I am today. Right. And I'm like, yeah. I want to enjoy it for what it's supposed to be. And I remember going to the Eiffel Tower and the Louvre. So I'm like, nah, I really need to go back and truly experience it. Like yeah. an adult, adult, because things is different when you're. Yeah, adult. things are definitely <laughs> different. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So let's remix it. It's um, the weekend, but you're home. What is on the agenda for you to do in Terry me time? Okay, so this is this is my relax me relaxing mm-hmm. on the sofa, butter pecan ice cream, hey. Netflix, and hoping that it's raining outside. Why are you hoping that it's raining? Because it's the best sleep when it's raining. So after I eat my butter pecan ice cream and watch the Netflix movie. Grab the blanket on the sofa and knock out for a few hours. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Right. Now you get the best sleep for him when it's thunder and lightning outside. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So speaking of Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. My favorite category is rom com, romantic comedy, right? Which your favorite? I'm probably definitely watching sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Or watching uh, some type of yeah sci-fi like I was watching something a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. Uh, Charlene Theron had a uh, it was a movie where they couldn't die. Like mm-hmm. the, like her and three other guys. Somebody, if you remember the name of the movie, are um, you talking about Wanted? Huh? Wanted? No, it was a movie where on Netflix. Where they couldn't die, and it was like they had been alive. Somebody put. I'm looking for somebody put it in. They no, have been. They're loving your butter pecan and raisin and plain. That's what's up. That's what's <laughs> up. All right, I'm gonna find it for you, but okay. it's the Netflix, the old guard. That's what oh, it's called. Okay. I'll show you the, the picture. It was called the old guard. Hold on, can I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the right there. That be coming up on Netflix. Oh, you gotta watch it. It's dope. You gotta watch it. Okay, I'll see you what gotta I gotta watch it. It's definitely dope. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. If it's not, I'm definitely gonna be like, excuse me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, everybody that's in the timeline, watch I see Robin knows what I'm talking about. He was like, Oh geez, yeah, it's definitely good. Mm-hmm. Watch it, let me know. Okay. Let me know. I will definitely do that. Now yeah. it's time for me to get in your business a little bit more. Okay. Come on it through. It's time for you to plan a date. All right? Okay. <laughs> and this is someone that you enjoy, her company, everything about her, right? And you want to put a smile on her face, but you want to bring her into your world, your romantic world, right? Mm-hmm. Walk me through some of that date. Uh, most likely a helicopter ride over Atlanta. Yeah. Thank oh, you, David. Yeah. I appreciate that. Shout out to David. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a helicopter ride over Atlanta. I did it a couple of times. Uh, flew an airplane. That was dope. Uh, but the helicopter ride was uh, skydiving. Helicopter. Uh, I got this thing with height, even though I'm afraid of height. Uh, <laughs> just me pushing myself. But uh, definitely a bed and breakfast uh, up in the mountains. I'm in Atlanta, so there's a lot of mountains here. Uh, like I'm from New York, but I love the mountains and all the trees. And so it would have to definitely be helicopter ride, a bed and breakfast, 
and definitely a cruise because I love going on cruises. All right. So bed and breakfast, is it at a place or you're the one cooking the breakfast? Bed, bed and breakfast is actually a place. Uh, if you if you Google online bed and breakfast places, they have them all over the world. They literally have them all over the world, like in Canada and London. And there's these little houses. Now, I shouldn't say houses, but they're these houses like a personal house. I know I'm like, I keep bringing up my, I'm going to show yeah. bed and I breakfast. I've heard of bed and breakfast, but then, you know, sometimes. It could be like this, like an old house. Yeah. Okay. And they, and they rent out the rooms, uh-huh. but they serve breakfast the next morning, bed and breakfast. Now, like is yeah. it what type of breakfast? Continental, bougie, or we take yeah, it with Unless you go to a black bed and breakfast, you're really, if you go to, not trying to be crazy here, but black, black bed and breakfast, you're getting some grits and some eggs uh other bed and breakfast you're getting some continental maybe some toast and some you know like that but yeah so maybe some eggs and something like that yeah yeah definitely you know, but yeah, they're all over the world if you google so gotta them, go to them a lot better than hotels okay much better okay yeah all right so I look at you as a mogul in this industry. I look at you just like Thank an incredible you. man in general, right? Thank you. We know there's a lot of people that's been through things, going through things, and still trying to get out of things, still mm-hmm. fighting demons every single day. So I need you to give them some real, raw words of encouragement. Okay, absolutely. Um. For those of you that's online, and I'm, I'm assuming that everybody is on here is part of the entertainment industry. Is that right? Usually, for the most part? yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, for the most part. I ain't got part, no regular friends. For the most part. Um, this industry is not for the weak at heart. It is an industry that is uh, very callous, an industry that is very spiteful, 90% of the people in the industry are pretending that they're making it. They're not really making it. Um, you got to have thick skin to be in the entertainment industry, to be in the music industry. One, one of the things that I, I am very blessed is even with my disability, and you can't really tell what my disability is until you see me walking, but I am very thankful that People like Will Smith when he was Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, Latifah, like I say, we call a La Light, um, Buster Rhymes when he was with leaders in a new school, Puffy, never treated me different. Uh, they always treated me uh, as one of their own. And, you know, I never felt any, any different than when I was hanging out with them and, you know, Will, you know, hanging up hugging up on me and what's up, man, what's going on? And, you know, La, who's like a big sister. Well, dang, I think La's a younger sister, but, you know, they never treated me different. Yeah. And um, you have to really, really be able to take rejection. Absolutely. Absolutely. No matter what business you do, it's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. When I'm doing um, Legal Shield, I literally talk to literally hundreds of people every week and not everybody says yes to it mm-hmm. you know unfortunately i'll say that some people will say no i don't need an attorney but then they'll come back to me a couple of days later and say hey i got a speeding ticket and i'm like i, I can't i mean uh, that's after the what fact what is the attorney supposed to do with the speeding ticket what about speeding tickets what is the attorney supposed to do with your speeding ticket? Okay, gotcha. Okay, cool. So if you have uh if you're a legal show member and you get a speeding ticket, the attorney will actually go to court for you or with you to make sure that you don't get any points on your license and to also try to reduce the fine. So let's say for example you're in Atlanta per se, you get a speeding ticket in California. Uh-huh. You can call up your law firm in Atlanta. Hey, I just got a speeding ticket in California. They'll say, Hey, send us the ticket. And then they'll go to court for you in California. 
Uh, I'm in Atlanta. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I, I'm in Atlanta, and I'm you know I'm very heavy on on the gas pedal, but it's the dopest feeling to walk up into traffic court with an attorney. <laughs> because let me tell you, when you walk up into traffic court with an attorney, one you go first. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait the whole day until they call your name. Yeah. So you literally go and sit up front. <laughs> you VIP in the court. <laughs> yeah, and the attorney goes up to the judge that they're having this, this conversation, and then he tells you, hey, come on with me, and then he'll walk you back out the court. He said, this is what we were able to work out for you. And you're like, okay, cool. You're literally in and out. So, yeah, so that's one of the things they do. But um, going back to it's a numbers game, if you're an artist, uh-huh. it's a numbers game. Not everybody's going to like your music. Not everybody's not going to like your image. You're going to hear people say you'll never make it more than you hear people say you're going to make it. So yeah. you have to be like, yeah, on to the next one. Yes. So right now we have to actually end the show because the hour is done. <laughs> oh, man. No, no. No, it's fine because you already agreed that you're going to come on the show again, right? Huh? You agree that you're going to come on the show again? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, sure. You got me. You-